All thanks and praise is due to God. We seek God's help and forgiveness. We seek refuge in God from the evil within ourselves and the consequences of our evil deeds. Whoever God guides will never be led astray, and whoever God leads astray will never find guidance. I bear witness that there is no God but God, God alone without any partners, and I bear witness that Muhammad is God's servant and God's messenger. You who believe, be mindful of God as is God's due, and make sure you devote yourselves to God to your dying moment. There is a lot going on in our world and in our lives that's upsetting. In just the last few days and weeks, just two of the issues that have been in the news and I find upsetting include the fiasco related to the separation of children from their parents at our borders and our Supreme Court upholding President Trump's travel ban or what we more commonly refer to as the Muslim ban. There are so many ongoing issues of sexism, poverty, and disease, and violence, and environmental degradation that also concern me because they adversely affect my life and my well-being, both directly and indirectly. On top of all that, personal conflicts with friends and family also arise, and I could go on and on. Indeed, at one level, it seems that every day a new crisis is being born and a new challenge is being thrown at me. If you can relate to these thoughts, raise your hand. Thank you. And if you find yourself feeling overwhelmed as you think of all the problems in your life and in the world, raise your hand. Thank you. So now the question is, with so much that is upsetting and so much that needs to be changed in our lives and in the world, how do we actually create change in our lives and in the world? And how do we do it without being overwhelmed? How do we create and maintain our inner peace and happiness under such circumstances, especially when it may feel selfish to focus on our own well-being? The solution does not and cannot lie in our avoiding or denying the challenges that are thrown at us. Closing our eyes to reality cannot make our problems disappear. Denial and avoidance can at best only provide us with temporary relief, true or true. In the Quran, chapter 13, verse 11, Allah teaches us that Allah does not change the condition of a people until they change themselves. This means we must take action to create positive change in our lives and in our world. And only after we begin to take action will God create change in our condition. 
Now, before you take any specific actions to create change around any specific issues that concern you, I invite you to first consider the question of how you can create positive change in the best ways, and to do so from a more general, big picture perspective. This is so that you can make sure that any actions you choose to take are in alignment with your values, with God's guidance regarding what is the straight path, and with your own life, meaning, and purpose. Otherwise, you may very well reach the top and find you've climbed the wrong mountain, and you don't want that, do you? That's right. So when we consider the question of how to create positive change in the best ways, whether it is in our lives or in the world, there are certain principles that come to light, principles that we must adhere to if we are to succeed in creating positive change in the best ways. In the Quran, chapter 41, verse 34, Allah says, But since good and evil cannot be equal, repel thou evil with something that is better. And lo, they between whom and thyself was enmity may then become as though they had always been close unto thee, a true friend. Raise your hand if you would love the power to transform your enemies into friends. Yay! Thank you. So as we think about repelling evil with something good so that we can create positive change, that is change that's capable of even transforming our enemies into our true friends, one of the principles that comes to light is the idea that we must create change with love. Truly positive change is always change that is created with love. The best ways to create change are always grounded in love. And if you want to make creating change fun and easy for yourself, it is also essential that you create change with love. Raise your hand if your current experience has been that creating change in your life and the world is hard. That's right, thank you. And you know what, I bet it is because your current experience is that creating change is hard that you find yourself feeling so overwhelmed as you think of all that needs changing in your life and the world. True or true? Now imagine, what if creating change in your life and the world was fun and easy? Would you still feel overwhelmed? Or would you look forward to creating change and thank God for all the opportunities that you have for creating change? Raise your hand if you would love to make creating change fun and easy for yourself. <laughs> thank you. So as Hasna shared in my bio, you know that I'm a survivor of child sexual abuse. And as a survivor of child sexual abuse, I had developed huge trust, power, and control issues. I was afraid of letting anyone come close to me in case they hurt me again. So I mentally and emotionally isolated myself. One of the ways that showed up in my life is that I wouldn't ask for help, even though I needed it desperately. If you have ever felt too afraid to ask for the help you need, raise your hand. 
Thank you. I can tell you now, while this strategy of isolation worked to help me feel safer at a certain level, it also made life very lonely and difficult for me. It made creating change very lonely and difficult for me, not to mention painfully slow. And it wasn't until I learned to create change with love that I was able to successfully break through my fear and isolation and receive the help I needed. So I can tell you through direct experience that one of the most fundamental keys to making positive change and making change fun and easy is to master creating change with love. I still remember how alone and powerless I felt in my struggle to create change. And I bet that it is feelings of being alone and powerless that lie at the heart of why you too find change to be so hard. I don't mean that you feel absolutely alone or absolutely powerless, of course. It's just that you desire and need way more power and support to accomplish your dreams than you are able to access right now. And the greater your sense of struggle in accessing the power and support you need, the more alone and powerless you feel. True or true. So what does all this have to do with creating change with love and making change fun and easy? Well, if at the heart of why you find creating change so hard lie your feelings of being alone and powerless, it logically follows that anything that allows you to feel less alone and powerless will also help make change more fun and easy. True or true? So what can help you feel less alone and powerless? The answer is love. The more love you experience in your life, the less alone you feel, and the more power and control you find you have easy access to. How? The answer lies in understanding what love is. Love is caring and sharing. Love is the freedom to be exactly who you are. Love is to be valued and accepted just as you are. Love is the ground from which springs forth understanding and acceptance. Love goes hand in hand with compassion. At the most fundamental level, love is an experience of oneness with another. The deeper your sense of oneness with someone or something, the more deeply you feel that sense of love for them. And it is our compassion that allows us to take on that perspective of oneness. So we can even say that love is born of compassion. And I say to you that at the core of why you feel alone and powerless is that you have fallen for the illusion that you are separate from everything that is. You think that you are just you. The sense of separation makes you feel alone and powerless. The more separate you feel from everything that is, the more alone and powerless you feel. And it is that feeling that hinders your ability to take the bold action you know you need to take to create the massive positive change you desire. 
But this separation is merely an illusion created by our minds. The reality is that we are never separate, never alone. As Muslims, we affirm in our testimony of faith that there is no God but God. As Muslims, we understand that there is one ultimate reality, and that is God. As Muslims, we know that God existed even when nothing else existed, and will continue to exist even when nothing else may exist. We know that everything that does exist has been created by God and is sustained by God. So we can see that nothing exists outside of God or independently of God. Thus, God is the whole of existence, and each one of us is a part of that whole. Moreover, God has created our world, our universe, such that each part is an interconnected, interdependent part of the whole. Because every part is connected to God, it is also connected to each other. In this sense, we can also understand the idea of God is one as all is one. So our sense of separation is an illusion. And it is an illusion that we must counteract. Why, you may ask? Because I will argue that at the root of every societal problem lies a single denial. That is the denial that God is one, that all is one, that we are all parts of the same interconnected, interdependent whole. I believe this is why the first requirement of being Muslim, of living Islam, of living peace, is that we accept and commit to living by the belief that there is no God but God, that God is one, that all is one. When we do not believe that all is one, we do not treat others as we want to be treated. We do not treat others with the same level of respect, compassion, empathy, and consideration that we desire for ourselves. We treat those we feel connected to differently than those we don't feel connected to. We apply different rules and standards towards those we feel connected to as compared to those we don't feel connected to. Raise your hand if you have experienced this for yourself. Now, raise your hand if you have treated those that you feel connected to differently from those that you don't feel connected to. Right. Thank you. So the fact is that it is this application of different rules and standards on the basis of who is part of our in-group that is the root cause of all the injustices that crop up in society. Consider that to be just is to love for others what we love for ourselves to treat others with the same level of respect, consideration, empathy, and compassion that we treat ourselves with and that we want to be treated with. In other words, justice is about establishing the law of equality. However, note that I don't mean equality as sameness here. 
It is true that sometimes to ensure we are treating people equally, we need to treat them the same. But this understanding of equality is too restricted. For example, it is justice for us to receive equal pay for equal work, regardless of race, gender, and other such differentiating factors. Because in the case of equal pay for equal work, none of those other differentiating factors are relevant. People who are doing equal work have the right to equal pay because the pay is given for the work. True or true. However, there are other circumstances where there are relevant differences that we need to consider in how we treat people. Let's say you're in charge of ensuring a fair distribution of food among a population of needy people. Now, you could certainly decide to distribute the food in such a way that each person gets exactly the same amount and type of food regardless of differences in age, gender, occupation, health, uh, conditions, etc. But you can see that this method of determining how much food each person gets is likely to create serious problems of waste and inefficiency. Under this system, some people will get way more food than they need, while others will not get nearly enough. For example, someone who is sick or has an allergy may not be able to eat the same food as other people. A pregnant or nursing mother may need more food than a woman who is not nursing or pregnant. Similarly, a person's age and occupation can make a significant difference in the amount and kind of nutrition they need. Under such circumstances, where relevant differences do exist, it makes more sense to use different rules for determining as fairly as possible what and how much food any person should receive. True or true? So establishing justice doesn't always require us to understand equality as sameness. What it does require is that we make our very best effort to help each person meet their fundamental human needs. And to do so with the same level of consideration and respect that we give any other person, including ourselves. And that is because each person is equally valuable. No one soul is more deserving than another. We're all parts of the same whole, and each part is equally valuable. Each part has a unique position and role to play in completing the whole. Therefore, it makes sense for us to treat each part of the whole with the same respect, empathy, and consideration that we want for ourselves. This is the essence of the golden rule. That is the idea that we must treat others as we want to be treated. That we must not do unto others what we would not have done unto us. Note that this golden rule exists in every major religious and faith tradition globally. The Islamic version of the golden rule was taught to us by our prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, when he taught us that we are not true believers until we love for others what we love for ourselves. I say what I have said, may God forgive us all.
Alhamdulillah. All praise and thanks are due to God alone. The fact that the golden rule exists in every major religious and faith tradition globally reflects the reality that people all over the world recognize the truth of all is one. And it is critical that you too come to recognize it and even more importantly, commit to living by it. How do you do that? You must counteract your sense of separation from all that is. And you counteract it by being love, abundance, and success. When we are love, abundance, and success, we break free of the illusion of separation because love is oneness. Success never happens in isolation. And abundance is our sense of connection to all that is. When we love all that is, we are connected to all that is. Our life feels abundant. We experience love and success follows. Success is being who you are and being loved for who you are. We all want that. We all want to be loved for who we are, true or true. Raise your hand if you want to be loved for who you are. Thank you. So love frees us of our illusion of being separate, of being alone and powerless. Now you may ask, how do we fall into this illusion? We fall into it because love is segmented in our lives. We love some things and not other things. There are more things we don't love than there are things that we do love. So we believe that we have less than we have. But the reality is that if you were to just shift your perspective and consider everything around you from a perspective of gratitude, of love, of seeking to become aware of how you are connected with what is around you, you will find your life is abundant. Try this experiment. Set aside five minutes for yourself. And in those five minutes, challenge yourself to experience gratitude for everything that you come in contact with, with as a way of becoming more aware of the abundance and blessings around you. At the end of the five minutes, just notice how you feel. You can start with becoming more aware of different aspects of your body, then those things that are in contact with your body, then other things present in the physical space you are in. As you become aware of each thing, rather than just say, thank you Allah for X, also identify a reason why you are or ought to be grateful for X. Use the following formula to express your gratitude for each thing you become aware of. I'm so happy and grateful for X because it adds Y to my life. For example, right now, I'm so happy and grateful for this working microphone because it enhances my ability to communicate clearly with you and connect with you.
So do this even for those things that don't immediately strike you as significant. For example, when I was doing this exercise the first time, I realized that I took the walls in my room and the roof over my head for granted. I took the materials that the walls were made of, like the wood and the nuts and bolts and the craftsmanship that went into their construction for granted. Even though without them, my room, my home wouldn't exist. And then where would I be? There's just so much for us to be grateful for. True or true. Now raise your hand if you'll actually do this five-minute gratitude experiment. Yay! Great. And I recommend, by the way, that you do it within the next 24 hours, in fact, as soon as possible, otherwise you may forget about it. And then you'll lose a wonderful opportunity to experience even more love and peace and abundance in your life. And you don't want that, do you? <laughs> That's right. So love is the key to creating abundance and success. And when you are abundance and success, Change becomes fun and easy. Great or great. So commit to loving all that is. When you love all that is, you're connected to all that is. You're connected to all the abundance Allah has created in our universe. There is nothing outside of your circle of influence. And you find change is fun and easy. In the Quran, chapter 14, verse 7, Allah reminds us, if you are grateful to me, I shall most certainly give you more and more. Consider that when we love all that is, all that Allah has created, that is in fact the best way we can express our gratitude towards Allah. So be grateful to Allah. Love all that Allah has created and Allah will give you more and more. Great or great? Now, whenever I'm discussing this idea of loving all that Allah has created, which includes loving all the people Allah has created, even those you may think of as your enemies, the question that invariably comes up is, but how can we love those who are bad or do wrong? For example, how can we love a person who is mean, unkind, and generous, oppressive, hurting me and our others? If we love them, are we not going to be condoning such behavior? And surely that is wrong. The answer to that question is twofold. First, it is important to understand that when we talk about love in this context, we are not necessarily talking about the kind of love that we experience as a warm, fuzzy feeling for our close family and friends or the kind of love we associate with romantic relationships. As Martin Luther King Jr. pointed out in his essay, An Experiment in Love, it would not be reasonable for us to expect to feel that kind of affectionate feeling for everyone or everything. However, we can experience the kind of love born of compassion, understanding, and acceptance for all that exists. True or true? And secondly, 
understand that you don't love the negative behavior a person engages in. Rather, you recognize that a person is not equal to their behavior. Consider that you are not one with your unkind and ungenerous behavior. That is not your essence. That is not who you truly are. Do not allow yourself to believe that you are unkind or ungenerous, even though there may be times when you behave that way. Your essence is love and kindness and generosity. You know that because to love and to be loved, to care and to be cared for, are among your deepest needs. Raise your hand if that's true. If to love and be loved, to care and be cared for are among your deepest needs. That's right. And the fact is that it's your deepest needs that reflect your essence. The unkind and ungenerous behavior is a result of you feeling separated from that essence of loving kindness that you are. And so it is with other people too. Just as you are not defined by the worst things that you have done, do not define other people by the worst things that they have done. Focus on connecting even more deeply with your essence of being loving kindness and helping others to do the same. Now you may ask, why do you feel separated from your essence of being loving kindness? You feel separated from that essence, your own loving core, because you have not been paying attention to your own feelings and needs. If you pay attention to your feelings and needs, you will see that what you want is to love and be loved, to care and be cared for. And it is so because you are, in fact, one with all that is. So why may you not be paying attention to your feelings and needs? Simply because you're distracted by the bombardment of stimuli that you don't have the time and energy to process in a thoughtful way. So one solution to the predicament of how you can come to love yourself even more and experience greater oneness and love with all that is, is to create more time and space for yourself to just be who you are. As I tell my clients, remember that in those moments, don't be anything for anyone else. Don't be listening to anyone else or feeling anyone else's feelings or doing anyone else's bidding. You are simply to be who you are. That may look like sitting in meditation, quieting your mind, or it may look like doing something that you love to do that just brings you joy and happiness and you're doing it for the pure joy and pleasure of doing something that you love to do. You're not doing it because of any outer expectations of how you are to be or what you are to do. What is that for you? What is that you love to do just simply because you love to do it? Maybe it is that you just love to read a book. Sitting on the beach, enjoying sunshine and a cool drink as you read. 
Or maybe it's just watching a funny TV program that you find uplifting or informative or just find joyous to experience watching that work of art. Do what you love to do first. They say, pay yourself first. So just allow yourself to be who you are. Loving yourself by being who you are is a way to pay yourself first. Do this first thing in the morning and do it with the awareness of doing something you love because you love yourself. To love yourself is your first priority. To feel complete and whole within yourself is your first priority. When you wake up, smile. And let that smile be the first act of self-love and wish yourself a happy day. Remember our Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, taught us that even a smile is charity and charity starts at home with the self. So give yourself that first act of charity in the morning and wish yourself a joyous and healthy and productive day as you do. Set an intention to love yourself and make today and every day the best day of your life. Each day is the best day of your life, great or great. This is possible. It is more than possible. It is the reality. It is the reality of your life when you love yourself fully, completely, and absolutely. Do this for yourself every day and you will find yourself wanting nothing because your life will be full of love, abundance, and success. This is not a luxury you can choose to ignore. This is the essence of how to be your best self and to have your best life and help others do the same. This is the essence of how you create change with love. Love yourself first and foremost. This is not selfishness. You can never be selfish by loving yourself first. Remember when our prophet, peace be upon him, taught us that our community is like one body. When one part of the body is hurt, the whole person suffers. And we have all experienced this, true or true? Yeah, the fact is, if you are sick or hurting, the whole that you are a part of, which includes your family, your community, and your world, will also suffer. So if you truly want to love and take care of others, you must also love and take care of yourself. And that's not selfish, is it? That's right. And this practice, yes, it is a practice to love ourselves more and better every day. This practice is the key to changing the world with love. There is a saying in Buddhism that inner peace is the personal solution to creating global transformation. I believe that this saying shows us another meaning of the teaching in the Quran that Allah does not change the condition of a people until they change themselves.
That is, we can understand this verse to mean that Allah will not change our outer conditions until we change our inner selves. Until we strive to first create inner peace, we will not be able to experience outer or world peace. Think about it. When we are at peace, we are able to extend that peace to others in the way that we interact with them, aren't we? Similarly, when we are unhappy or angry, it is natural for us to lash out at others and hurt them. Think of how the environment in your office or home can be negatively impacted by the presence of people who come into that space with negative energy like anger, hate, depression, com complaining, judging. Their negative energy can bring you down too. True or true? The fact is that our feelings are infectious. And infecting people with the energy of our positive feelings is an easy way to create positive change. This is because research shows that when people are feeling happy and at peace, they find it easier to deal with and accept change. In other words, by focusing on creating inner peace and happiness first, you make it fun and easy to also create outer world peace and happiness. Good or good. So choose to stay grounded in positive thoughts and actions and positive feelings so you can create change with love. As the Quran says, repel evil with something that is better. And lo, they between whom and thyself was enmity may then become as though they had always been close unto thee, a true friend. I end with the reminder that God commands justice, doing good, and generosity towards relatives, and God forbids what is shameful, blameworthy, and oppressive. God teaches you so that you may take heed. Wa'akimna as-salah. Let's perform the prayer.